Welcome to the EFTM F1 podcast. Uh, and it is week one, race one, boys. I'm just going to say it straight out. Mercedes did not win that race. Red Bull lost it. Yeah. They lost it. No, I was going to say they lost a big time. They, they basically screwed up. They screwed up a few times throughout the race. But then again, Mercedes did the same thing. They screwed up a few times throughout the race. It was just like a real chess kind of game. And um, it was a really entertaining race. Yeah, it was, a, it was a fun one to watch. Trevor Long, Connor McNally, Harry Tucker with you. Harry, I don't know. I just think that that was... It was a little bit edge of the seat the whole way through, and I think that's something we haven't had for a long time. Yeah, it was interesting. So even though I felt like we were you know, watching close racing between individual drivers, it was still mm. very much separated between the mid-pack, the front three, and then you know, the losers at the back. Like, even though there was the individual driver thing, it's still the same Formula 1 as last year. When was the last time that we had a race that kind of was unpredictable to the end? Because... That literally came down to the last five or ten laps. And I honestly think the number one thing that I missed through that race was strategy. I didn't understand yeah. at all what was going on with strategy because we had Ted in the pits talking about how there was a potential um, three-stopper from uh, Mercedes. I swear we didn't see the I, AWS tyre data as much as we normally no do There was no information. Screen. No information about the AWS data at all throughout the race. And we were crying out for that watching the broadcast. I don't know what was up with that three-stopper. I swear they were just making stuff up as yeah. they went to just create drama that was not there. Well, and that happened at the end too, didn't it? With uh, Perez coming through the field. There was talk of can, <laughs> Perez, get past can Perez Norris. get to fourth place and, and catch Norris. He was never going to catch Norris. It was not even close. No, not at all. What did he end up? Was like eight seconds behind him uh, at the end still? Perez, uh, five and a half seconds yeah, behind five him. Five and a Yeah, mm. he was not even remotely close. Not, not even remotely it's, close. It was like the weather, how they're always like, oh yeah, there's there's some rain coming on the horizon. There's like one drop, <laughs> there, like 20 kilometers all, out. It's like it's in their contract to ensure <laughs> that there's some form of interesting and excitement, which is also, I've got to say, talking about in your contract, do you remember at the start of the race, we had the early safety car, which we'll get to, but... Martin also said, you know, we're excited to see, the, you know, the new Aston Martin safety car. I think we're going to see more of them this year because they've got a sponsor on them. Yes. Yeah. Like he literally said, I don't think we'll see as many virtual safety cars or I think they'll use the real safety car as much or more than they would normally because like, yeah. it's got sponsors on it. Is that something we should be looking more into? Like, is there, oh, is there a planned bin like every two races or something that oh, we just... Well, I think just... given that's what Martin's thinking, I think that there'll be a lot of analysis now going forward is when there's a full safety car... Did it need to be a full safety Yeah, it could have just been mm. a virtual. Um, I agree. The, the early part of the race, obviously there was a lot of drama in the start. We had Mazaspin, what's his real name? Mazaspin. Nikita Mazapin. Mazapin. I'm going to actually forget his real name. <laughs> For the sake well, of it, we'll just call him Mazaspin. Let's just I mean, it. if that's not... It's like I, I always forget Perez's name because I'm just so used to saying Checo. Checo. I forget yeah. it's Sergio. Um, so we had him literally spin on the opening lap under his own steam. No other car involved at all. Um, so there's a safety car, there's a restart, there's all that, that excitement. But then I've got to say, it felt like 10 to 15 laps of actual, at pace, racing, you know, all throughout the field. Which, again, I don't think we've seen as much back and forth uh, overtakes and undertakes in a long time. The one thing that I don't think on that that we haven't seen in a long time is, remember towards the end, and mm. we're watching the Max and Lewis battle, but then we saw on the timesheets, there was also that the Charles and... Perez battle, which was going back and forth. Mm. I don't think there's been a long time where there's been such close battles that they couldn't have the camera on both of them. We, we in fact, completely missed Perez passing Leclerc. That, that vision has not that been shown. Yeah. 
at all because they had to focus. And yeah, you know, got to give credit to the director there. You have to focus on the battle for the lead. Yeah. Um, and there was a battle going on. Well, the thing is, they could have they could have actually put in that in the little totem pole on the left that that battle happening at the same time. Yeah, they, they could have just done they that. do have that cool insert, don't yeah. they? Um, and we were obviously watching on Ko, and we do the show thanks to the good people at Ko uh, and Boost Mobile. But I got to say, um, I, I, I got a I got a good vibe out of that race. I Me think too. Overall, it was a good start, and I think that for the people that watched the highlights, I, I don't know how long that one's going to be, but that's going to be a decent set of highlights because there was so much midfield passing, there was strategy work, and then there was the last you know five six laps of the race, which you essentially need to show. In full, let's talk about the the end because it's the most important thing. You got a situation where Max has made up the time, you know, through undercuts and pit strategies, which didn't seemingly look like they were making sense. It did in the end, and he did catch Lewis, and he and he got Lewis, but he went around the outside on turn four, outside of track limits, and this is fascinating because. Earlier in the race, maybe 15, 20 laps in, Harry, um, over the radio, Red Bull said to Max, use the outside of turn four. Don't, don't worry about track limits because Lewis is not worrying about them at all. So do your best. And was that just, do you think that was just a sneaky dob from, from yes, Red Bull over there to oh, get the yeah. race officials to hear it? Without a question. Yeah. Because how many laps ago, it was later like five was it? Five later, they were like, Lewis it was about four or five up. laps yeah. later. And, and Lewis got the call from Bono to say, uh, stay within the track limits. And, and he and, said, I've been doing it the whole race. <laughs> yes, Lewis. That's why we're calling you on it right now. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, so Max has gone around. He did go well into into the outside of the track. You know, a good metre off the track. Yeah. And when we say off the track, we mean off the ripple strips, not just off yeah, the yeah. white line. Um, so, and then he let him pass. And I think Martin Brundle made the point, which was perfect. He let him pass at the wrong part of the track. Absolutely. If yeah, he, gonna, he didn't need gonna, to do the, the swap straight away. He could have waited a little bit. Yeah, dude, do it on. I think he said, let him do it on the on the main straight, so that you can maintain your your gap. You can be right up his bum on the end of the first straight, and then regain your, your challenge because he literally just had no. I don't he, think he, he lost got close all the, again. He lost all that pace as soon as that happened, and he fell back by a good second. And it, it took him a couple of laps, pretty much close to the end of the race, like literally within a lap or two before the finish, to get that that gap back and um just to get into drs correct yeah yeah i think that the the strategy overall is what baffles me most there was the talk of the three stoppers and stuff but they were on medium tires to start the race and this is what i mean about i didn't see enough analysis Mm. because Mm. also the tires are different this year it's a new tire compound which is meant to be i think softer so we get more wear they they don't last the whole race and that kind of stuff so it's a new tire so we should have spent time looking at the strategy around tires but so to come in at, I don't know what lap it was, but it was very early, 10 or 12. 12 laps. Fernando, 12 or 13, F- Fernando was. was the first to pit at 12 laps. Mm. And I think he went on to mediums. Which I know, set the world alight and yeah. everyone then had to contemplate <laughs> pitting, right? Well, it's interesting. We saw Daniel start on softs tonight. Well, he had to because, yeah. it, because it, there was the only, only way to Q2. get to Q3. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so you've got this thing where... The hards, so Lewis's hards, I think he, he pitted after the, in, in his second stint, he pitted after 12 or 13 laps on the hards. And then he had to make the hards last a good, he had to go 28 laps. Yep. Mm. Which kind of shows that he could have gone further on the middle set, which he said he could have. But they said, well, no, we had to pit you because they were going to come up on us. I just think there's a lot of strategy calls yeah. that potentially were wrong. I think a lot of preemptive strategy calls were made that didn't need to be made in, in yeah. this race. And that may have cost... Both teams, frankly, 
Is, is that where maybe that, uh, that three-stopper confusion came in, is, is maybe someone at Sky heard that Mercedes is, is going to be doing this, and so they're running with it there, and then by that point, Mercedes just thrown it out the Why window. would you do a three-stopper, though? It just made no, it, We were talking about it. just made absolutely no sense. You'd go for a three-stop strategy at that kind of pace. Mm. It would be I, absolutely ridiculous. I wonder if it also, because if you think of the time of the race compared to the practice sessions in the last couple of days, mm. is that the, the heat on the track would be very, very different. different. There'd be, I think they were saying yesterday, they are expecting about a 10-degree different, which will have a huge effect on the wear of the tyres. And Toto, maybe that's coming with I think Toto too. was saying, we don't, we don't know how we're going to go on the hard. So we kind of need to yeah. find out and see. And Unless, so they, that's what happened in the race. It was a find out and see situation. And let's not forget, this year is the last year that we're running on the 13-inch tyres. So we're going to the 18s next year. Mm. So uh, I think they've got to make good of what they've got right now before we go to... Tell you what, 18-inch white wheels on the Alpha Tower. <laughs> oh, it's going to look good. Hey, they look good already. They're, they're already look good. They look good on 13s. On, on, they look good on 13s, but even now on 18s. Like, even the Formula 2 cars look great on 18-inch tyres. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, for overall, in the, in the race perspective, I just feel like, apart from maybe a couple of races last year, which were stupidly exciting, mm. I feel like there was maybe a third of the race that was a bit processional for us as the viewer. But outside of that, it's a pretty good outcome for the first race of the year, yeah. given the tweaks that were made to the rules. But there are still 20 seconds between Red Bull and Mercedes and the rest of the field. Like, that has not changed, which was the main thing that needed changing. Yeah, which I think uh, is the perfect time to, to stop and, and talk about team analysis. Because if you look at the teams overall, you end up with a situation where... You've got Red Bull have clearly made ground on Mercedes. I think we can agree yep. that. Yes, yep. absolutely. Um, but here, here's my question, Connor. I don't know whether you've looked at this, but is that going to last the season or is this just a good track for Red Bull? Well, it's hard to say at the moment because we know that Mercedes are going to be good at certain tracks and Red Bull are good at other places as well. We know that they did very well last year at the British Grand Prix, uh, well, the 70th anniversary Grand Prix as it was. Uh, and they also did very well in Bar at, at Bahrain mm. and Abu Dhabi, you know. The Middle Eastern track's good for Red Bull. So it's going to be very much a tit-for-tat kind of world championship between these two teams. But Honda have had to step up this year. It's their last year in Formula 1 for the time being. Yeah. Red Bull taking over their engine program next year. So they've got to deliver. I just don't think it's a, a fait accompli that the, the season's going to be tight just because we had yeah. this one race mm. tight. Especially given Mercedes is renowned for continuing to push. So well, they may well, they we may well continue We saw that last year. We yeah. saw that last year in the opening race but of in, the year. But in saying that, Red Bull and Honda claim that they've brand new engine. So they think they've got a lot more, more development that. to and make they, out of it. They, they claim that they exceeded last year's Mercedes engine in terms of power. But, yeah. but we don't really know what yeah. Mercedes has done then. But the other thing, and we heard Otmar talk about it as well, is what that... What do we hear Otmar talk about? Oh, <laughs> we'll have to wait and see. He doesn't talk to us, uh, uh, the, the one thing he said, he was complaining about how the new regulations have affected the cars that run that low-rake design, which the Mercedes and the racing port will now, now Aston Martin, Martin do. And the Red Bull is the complete opposite philosophy. So I wonder if those regulations have benefited Red yeah. Bull like that yeah. and have hurt Mercedes. Isn't, yeah. it, isn't it funny how... The team formerly known as Racing Point did so well last year in a copy car, let's face it, they copied the 29 Mercedes, and now they can't really get much out of it this year as yeah. an Aston Martin. They, but, they've but, fallen well behind. But in reality, your point earlier about the gap is what matters here. Yeah. So we had uh, Hamilton, Verstappen, Bottas. Now, Bottas went in um, for a, a last-minute pit to get the fastest lap. Mm. Let's just discount for a minute Bottas's actual gap, because the gap to Norris in fourth was actually only nine seconds to Bottas. But... 
that's with another pit. So there's yeah, so 27 like 30. to 30 yeah. second gap between Red Bull and Mercedes and those teams competing for third place. And, you know, all credit to Checo, who came up and did finish fifth, take him out of the mix for a minute. Essentially, what we've ended with is McLaren are the number three team out of this race so mm. far, which mm-hmm. is a huge win. I haven't got the points in front of me, but I'm assuming Ferrari's next because Leclerc yeah. was in sixth and Sainz was in eighth. Yeah, so... Drivers, um, so the constructor standings at the moment are McLaren on 41, Red Bull on 28, McLaren on 18, Ferrari 12, and then you've got AlphaTauri on two points, and, that's, and Aston Martin on the solitary point. Wow. And that's Stroll yeah. in 10th. Vettel was such a disappointment. Lawrence would not be a happy man tonight. No, absolutely not. Do you know who else was disappointed? was Gasly. Yeah, but he, but uh, because yeah. he he got the he had the front wing damage and had to get that replaced at the start, but he yeah. never really made ground. What well, at mean, the end, like well, Perez mm. stormed the field from last to get back up. You would have thought like, I was expecting Gasly to at least get to to the points. I'll be yeah. honest, I didn't even notice that Gasly and Latifi had retired. What Gasly Gasly retired? That's what oh, the time sheet says. <laughs> okay, I well mean, then ignore ignore what I just said because I it but didn't I'm even tipping know. that was way way at the end of the. It would have had to be. They just went. You know what? Yeah. We're done now. Well, Latifi yeah. was after the. Um, uh, who, who did um, Vettel crash into? Was it Latifi? Yes, it was. Yeah. Uh, no, 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 no. No, that was Ocon. Ocon. Um, you know, let's talk Alpine because that's this is yeah. the kind of thing you got to remember is that was <laughs> Renault last year, right? It's essentially and the Renault same team. Were battling for third place at the end of last year. Um, Daniel did well for them to get them some podiums. You know, Fernando Alonso comes in. His the first well, I don't know, quarter of that race. Look like wow! This is I mean, this is it was looking here. really good, but they ran out of brakes spectacularly. Like the, if you there was one particular replay during the first third of the race, and Fernando's front brakes were glowing bright red. I mean, it was cool TV. It looked good. But, I love a good red brake. It looks awesome, but that's not uncommon though. No, it's not uncommon, but it's like they were glowing like really intensely, and so much so that the the rear brakes failed on him in the end. But you know, Alonso ended up down in 12th, 13th with Ocon, which was not a good look because no. he was battling in 6th, 7th, 8th with mm. people like Daniel in the McLaren. It was actually pretty head-to-head there for a bit, but it just felt like their pace just dropped right off. So mm. I think in terms of teams, I think you end up with a situation where Aston Martin and Alpine are the ones that are taking a good hard look at themselves. They've got three weeks to get their selves together because yeah. they can't have that continue for any more than a couple of races or they are They're you know, toast, basically. In, in dire circumstances to try and get to that, yeah. you know, get up that run. I, I don't think it was that bad for Seb in the sense of... From, he started at the back of the grid. He started at the back of the grid. He, you know, since testing, he's been talking about how he thinks it's going to take a few races to get used to the car and things like that anyway. So I, I think I'll give it a few more races before putting too much of a judgment yeah. on his performance. And, and probably the same with Alonso, to be honest. Yeah. But, mm. but I don't know, I've got no excuse for Ocon. No, no one has an excuse for Ocon. Well, he should just not be there. We should put Oscar in next year. Should Renault decide or yeah, happen. Yeah, he... How, how, how did the third race go? I didn't see. Oh, uh, he, he, he got he taken out. out. <sighs> he got taken out. Yeah, um, fighting by, for a podium. By Dan Tickham, I think it was. And, yeah, he was fighting for the lead, and, and he almost won the race. I got woken up this morning by my... 14-year-old son cheering for Oscar in the... He was watching the replay of the race that he won. And it was like, go, Oscar, yes! And it's like, it's actually a really cool thing because, like, I don't remember ever following a, the a speed sub grade, formula, yeah. right? And not until last do, year. Do you remember that as a kid? Yeah. No, I don't remember at all. It's, it, we really got onto the bandwagon of Oscar last year for those that have joined our podcast for the first time. 
Oscar did so well in the opening race of Formula 3 last yeah, year. He yeah. won that and he went on to win the championship. And now, to win the second sprint race and to be challenging for the championship already in his debut season in F2, like he's made some teams stand up and take notice already. Let's, let's not put too much pressure I on him. Yeah. You know, I think, I think we could go off early. But, 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 the, but the people, you know, people are watching. The Twitterverse went off at But I think, I think the thing about the team race is that you, and we'll talk about the drivers in a minute, but if you look at the team race, you know, Haas, that is a very bad start for them. Oh, terrible. Oh, um, couldn't have gone worse. Alpine, bit of navel-gazing required to make sure that they get back on track real quick. But they've got, I think they'll have the data to understand yeah. what it is. And, and the same for Aston Martin. We don't really know where Alpha Tower is because Gasly lost his front wing early in the race. So we didn't really get a sense of whether or not he could And he lost by virtue. He lost it by virtue of touching Ricardo. Daniel, like we're lucky Daniel didn't get a penalty. Mm. Uh, anyway, there's, I mean, it's it's kind of weird to be talking so, you know, visually about the the whole season ahead mm. when we're like one race, one race out of twenty three. Uh, the chances of this actually being reflective of the end result of the season, <laughs> pretty low. So we'll have to wait mm. and see. The EFTM F1 podcast is brought to you by KO. We love watching the race on KO. Every uh, every single race of the year, we sit in front of uh, a TV with KO built in. We use Apple TV today just because we get more uh, you get more options. You've got split screen. You can have four screens on a on an Apple TV setup. Uh, normally one or two on your standard TV. Twenty five bucks a month gets you every single Formula One session um, on your big screen TV or on your smartphone or your tablet. And critically, this year, every practice session. It's free. So if you don't have the money for 25 bucks a month, you can watch every single practice session for free. If you haven't tried KO, I think it's the perfect reason. It's, it's the smartest move they've ever made because you haven't tried KO, you think streaming is going to be too hard to watch Formula 1 that way. Watch the practice sessions. You'll get a sense of how easy it works mm. or what it is. Uh, and we also have big thanks to the people. Do I bring my Boost, card, boost SIM card? Look at that. I've got a Boost SIM card. Um, I'm going to switch to Boost in a couple of months just to... Uh, just to test the network because it is running on the Telstra network. So if you want the full 3G, 4G network from Telstra, you can get that through Boost Mobile range of prepaid mobile plans available now at boost.com.au. Boys, drivers. So this is, I think, a much more interesting thing because if you take the, the individuals away from the teams and you go, what was good and bad here? Personally, I think Lando had the best race because he oh, stood up. Like, yeah. he was out-qualified by Daniel, and that didn't feel good, I don't reckon, because I think Q1 and Q2, Lando had his measure, but in Q3, Daniel got him. Mm. And so that's very competitive because throughout the year, Sky will spend race after race doing those head-to-heads, yeah? I think Daniel, Daniel being behind Lando on the racetrack was a good sign for Lando. Yeah, absolutely. And that's going to be a massive confidence boost for him. Mm. Um, you know, we were talking about on, on the last episode about, you know, is there going to be that rivalry between them? Do you know, have they made it out to be this really rosy, chummy relationship? But they're, they're super competitive. Mm. And, and even though Lando's gone in thinking, you know, he's someone I can learn from, that doesn't mean he doesn't want to go and beat him. Yeah. I just, um, and I think that Daniel would be, and we haven't heard from him, we haven't watched the post-race interviews, but I think Daniel would be disappointed with seventh. But I think he'd be mm. very happy to have McLaren up there, as we talked about with the teams. There's no doubt those two will be wanting to work together to ensure that McLaren... See, if McLaren can secure third, third place way earlier than the last race, it kind of secures both of them at the team. That's the whole point, right? Absolutely. You want to look like you're a team player. Um, Carlos did well because he was only you know, a place and a half behind um, Charles Leclerc because he had Daniel in between them. But Charles, again, like 
if you look at Ferrari, they have invested well in a long-term contract for that bloke because, man, he's shining in terms of the, where that car's at. Well, the car is a lot better than what it was 12 months ago. Remember, about last year, we were talking how terrible the car was. So whatever they've done since the last race last year to what, where they are now, massive improvements mm. for Ferrari. And it can only go up from here. And Charles did have a very, very good drive tonight, as did Carlos. Yeah, yeah for his first drive for Ferrari... To finish in eighth position, that's a pretty decent effort. Yuki? Yuki. That guy's yeah. cool. I like him. Finish ninth. I like him. I really do you like, like him. You like him, Harry, because of his radio chat. <laughs> oh, yeah. The guy is just a massive potty Can mouth. drop a bleep on the radio. Uh, it's know? even too much for what we can say on here. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah exactly. <laughs> and then I read an article yesterday from an interview. He was saying that he's even after all the swearing he did on team radio this weekend, that was him trying to like cut it back. <laughs> like, <laughs> We love him already. Absolutely love him already. Well, I, I think he. I think he'll be a breath of fresh air. Certainly, you know, to have a new driver in AlphaTauri to yeah. certainly take it up to Pierre, uh, to Pierre. I think it could be a very good thing to really motivate AlphaTauri and get closer to Red Bull. Well, I think that'll be interesting to see whether that's a bad thing for Gasly because you know Gasly has shone. Mm. He obviously had a great result. Didn't have a good Monza. result tonight. I no. hear that, and I accept that he won a Grand Prix, but the circumstances. <laughs> it's not like he came from behind like Max and caught the winner, right? let's be clear. Mm. Um, but he, he's a good driver. But yeah. is he really Red Bull material? I don't I don't know. I think that this is the challenge for him is he, he needs to outperform Yuki every single race. Or but he did look, well qualifying. He yeah. did very well. But look, I don't but, think you ever see... The, the good news is, what I'm saying is Alpha Tauri have two good drivers mm -hmm. from what we can see thus far. Yeah. Look, you'll, you'll never see Pierre back in a Red Bull car again, but Yuki, different story altogether. He's got nothing to lose. Yeah, he's 20 years old. He's got everything to prove himself this season. And if he can get close to Pierre or out-qualify him on a number of occasions, there, there's going to be quite a few people in the paddock that are going to sit up and take notice of this kid. But particularly that Honda withdrawing at the end of the year and... He might not be a safe bet to stay with AlphaTauri. Well, that's right. You know, it's, they're gonna, there's going to be money required in, in that team anyway. Because he, he is a Honda driver. Yeah. That would be very interesting to see. But um, Lance Stroll did well, I thought. You know, he, he had a bit of wheel-to-wheel -wheel action. He, as, as, it's kind of one of those as-good-as-the-cars-could-go yep. situations for, mm. for Lance. Um, they, I felt like that was, that was kind of the only car that felt like that. In the sense of he was kind of... I guess if you talk about George Russell and Williams, because it always feels like that. Yeah, yeah. But in terms of just forgetting about him for a second, he, he sort of felt like the, the one driver that was at the limit of what his car could do today. Yeah. And I, f I felt like he was there consistent. He wasn't making mistakes because yep. he knew that he couldn't get any more out of it. Yeah. yeah. Um, the Alfa Romeos actually did quite well in 11th and 12th, yeah. given that they basically showed themselves to be not lengths ahead, but ahead of... Williams and Haas, like that's a critical place for them to be. Yes, and they need to be pushing, uh, you know, further forward towards the rest of the team. But it, and it is fascinating to see Raikkonen just continue to just push, drive. Like it, it's great to see him when he goes wheel to wheel. It's kind of like when Alonso had those moments in the early part of the race. It was damn exciting to mm. see Alonso mm. going wheel to wheel, and it does feel With like Kimmy. At yeah, one stage. yeah, but like there was, wasn't there at this moment where even uh, Crofty and Martin talked about how there was just a wealth of former former yeah. uh, former Ferrari drivers <laughs> yes. going at it, um, and it just actually showed the the difference between a like an Alonso and an Ocon. Like I think 
as terrible mm. as he is, he put Ocon in that same position on track with cars around him. I just feel like it would have been a off throttle and tried try a different way. Whereas Fernando was just like, no, nah, I'm 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 staying on it here. Mm. So and you, Charles is like that. Just a Charles couple of times, like Charles it, yeah. was like, no, no, I'm going around the outside here. It was quite a, there was quite a few moments where they were going around there. In fact, Lando had a great battle. I think it was I can't remember who it was, but Lando I think it was with Charles, and Lando was going around the outside at certain corners of the track, yeah, yeah, and yeah. it was just beautiful to watch. It was just like he had the balls to just get in there and just actually go for you're it. right. That was it was Lando and Charles for a good half a lap, yeah. just going at it, hammer and tongs, literally wheel to wheel, wheel to wheel. But and I think the only thing that frustrated me was Lando came on the radio straight after because he pushed me out, he pushed me off the track. No, 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 it's no, just mate. racing. Robin's you, racing. You didn't so. back off, which is great, which meant you needed to be off the track, otherwise you would have collided. Did, mm. And in fact, there wasn't any, apart from uh, Gasly into Ricardo and Seb, what just the hell was he breaking. thinking? Yeah. Like, he, you know, Ocon flying down the outside of the main straight, the line, Seb, he, he, uh, Seb comes out and then pulls behind him and outbreaks himself into the back of Ocon <laughs> and then says... Why did he move under brakes? He didn't move at all. <laughs> no, he did he it all to himself. Completely straight. He did it all to himself. Ocon moved less than Seb's hair moved on television. <laughs> well, speaking weekend. of his hair, he's very shy of showing his head no, right Poor now. Poor Seb. But so, so is Lewis, and he's got a full head of hair. So work that out. I mean, yeah. you know, it's just a vain sport we're we're watching here, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, so, can I just touch on Ocon for a second? Yeah, yeah. So do I you have, have many opinions? I, I know this is why <laughs> I feel like I need to get into it. Do you, do you think that? If he A, wasn't French, and B, wasn't managed by Toto, that he would have a seat in Formula 1 right now? Absolutely not. No. Not There's a just no way. So, if he wasn't French, Toto would struggle to get him into a team. Mm -hmm. But Toto would probably be able to manage him into a... A Haas. Haas. Or maybe an Alpha, I don't know. But mm. I don't think so because of the Ferrari links. But there's no way, without those two things, he's in Formula 1. So, you, you think on yeah. talent... And merit alone, he should not be there. No, I don't think he should be there. Am I wrong? Oh, no. I, was he, just... he's... <laughs> I agree, but it's... You just want to admit he's it. Just, yeah. Basically, yeah. He's, he's just a seat filler. That's all it is. But why should we have seat fillers? Oh, I guess I mean, he, he, must, he must sell the Alpine merch. There's no way he's selling merch either. Fernando's know. selling merch. He's not... Uh, let's face it. Esteban is not marketable at all. He's also got no future. I'm sorry. Even mm. if, uh, under Toto's wing... He's not going to go into a Mercedes. Yeah, there's no way he thinks he's got the next seat up in Mercedes. Like, right? what What no. do we think Mercedes is going to suddenly get rid of Valtteri and Lewis and put Ocon and, and no. Russell in? No way. I mean, I don't see it. No, absolutely you know, not. It's, it's, it's just doesn't, doesn't fit within. It's, as I've said before, and I'll say it again, Giovinazzi and Ocon don't make any sense to me being on the grid. Well, Giovinazzi is just there because... Well, they're both there because of their nationality. Um, absolutely. It makes, see, I said this to you guys when we were watching. It made no sense to me why Mick Schumacher is not in an Alfa Romeo. Yeah, yeah. It just made more sense for him to be in an Alfa Romeo well, than sure in a Alfa because Alfa wanted the Italian driver. Right? I know, and but, I get that. But why wouldn't you go for someone like... Why wouldn't you want Mick Schumacher? Yeah. I, I don't run these brands. I'm just I'm just the messenger here. <laughs> but speaking of which, and we should wrap up talking about Michael, uh, Mick Schumacher. Um, he just did nothing basically. He, he yeah. spun, which in, in Mazaspin's defence, I'm not going to call him anything else. 
um, actually proved that it may have been the car. Yeah. Oh, because the, the car is... So we described oh. it while watching the race. And if you're a Formula 1 fan, you've probably played F1 2020 or any of the preceding races. Mm. I love the game, but I can't drive a Formula 1 car with the assists off. <laughs> I spin every corner. Lucky even on the Albert ABS Park, off. which I know back to front. You know, I just can't get traction control. I, I'm just too quick on the throttle. I, you know what I watch a lot in, in supercars as well is those, and when you do the halo view and they've got the brake and the throttle, I watch how actually slow they apply the throttle. Mm. And you go, mm. oh, right, you've got to... You've got to be gentle on the like, throttle. You've got to be gentle. I just can't, don't have that. And it, that's exactly what it was watching. It was watching me in F1 2020 with uh, traction control fully off and Mazda's been went, I'm just off. But Schumacher had a little bit of uh, self-control that he didn't go right into the wall. He just he got just it back on track. Yeah. And he lost half a lap. Uh, but, you know, I guess no one would expect Mick Schumacher or, or others to do amazing things in their first race. But then you look at Sonoda and you go, well, he actually he, he performed in the mid-pack. He was mm. under pressure. But he had a much better car. Oh, much better. I know, better, but yeah. it, that's, that's, the tra- that's the tragic thing is Haas, what do they do now? Like... Well, How well can they improve in one year with the money and the I development can't say they've got? I but can't essentially, say aren't they saying they're not doing any development to this car? So all the development work yeah, and budget going is going to next year. So their car is the same as last year's in the sense of upgrade. They've done the requirements. They're just here the to sell fertiliser. Yeah. Like Who knew that Urukali was a fertiliser? I did not even know that. I, like I have my doubts about that whole situation, but I won't air them. <laughs> But Can we go through the driver's standings for the sake sure, of... Sure, Connor. Got the laptop <laughs> yeah. straight out of Belmore. Yeah. Give us the driver's standings. Yeah, we will not talk about rugby league and my football team. But the yeah, well, I think the Eels are doing very well. Ah, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> driver's standings. Lewis Hamilton leads on 25 points. Max Verstappen, 18. Valtteri on 16. Lando Norris on 12. Sergio Perez on 10 points. Good start for him as the second driver for Red Bull. Then it's yep. Daniel... No, Charles Surrey on um, 8 points. Daniel Ricciardo, 6. Carlos Sainz, 4. Yuki Tsunoda on two points. Good load of points for his first race. Yeah. And Lance Stroll on the solitary point. Rookie with points. Not a bad way to start Six, your career. 65th yeah. driver to, to do it. 65th. Yep. I don't, I, that was obviously on the broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that you memorised it just blows my mind. But uh, I've, been, yeah. I've been learning from Colin. And, le- and, let's not, <laughs> and let's not forget, Hamilton has broken another record. Most laps led in Formula 1 history. Yeah, which will always be remembered as a record he got with the car that dominated for seven years. I mean, but you can say that about anyone. Nah. I, I mean, I, I like to rip on Lewis and Mercedes as much as anyone, anyone else. But, yeah. but you think everyone's like the good drivers have been in their car has been the dominant team for a period of years as well. Mercedes has gone a lot longer than normal. So what but... we're what we're saying here is that what we really need is overall in twenty twenty one. Yeah, we need to watch more Formula 2. Mm. But what we really need in 2021 is for Red Bull to actually do well and potentially win the... In, yeah. Even if the Manufacturers World Championship, to prove that they were able to gain ground in the hybrid era before yes. we change to the new era. Because otherwise, it's wall-to-wall dominance of an era, which, while Toto may love that, I don't think it's good for the sport. Not at all. No, absolutely not. And that's that's the challenge. Where are we next? Because I know it's three weeks. Well, this is the three long, weeks What we're about away. to have is the longest gap of the year. Yeah, oh, there's two weekends off. Like it's, I was doing the calendar and I was doing a you know good old Excel calculations, going you know how many days between the two dates, and I'm like, there's three weeks between these two. Three weeks before the next one, the Emilia Romagna Grand Prix at San Marino at the Imola, Imola. circuit. Yeah, okay, back to Imola. Back to Imola, and I'm I'm happy for that because um, and the good thing is we're going to have an 11 p.m. race again, so uh, 
We're back to sort of reality a little bit. So Still not reality enough for my son. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. All right. Well, thanks for your company. Uh, we sit here, we watch the race, and then we muse about it straight after the race. And that's as best we can do without having access to all the post-race interviews. It's kind of the same as if you were just sitting watching it and talking about it with your mates. That's what we do on the EFTM F1 podcast. Thanks for your company. Thanks for listening. We'll uh, be back after Imola.